1: Saturday morning and here come the girls Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening
0: Hey, gardening friends, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Now, The Gardening Show is sponsored by DeSatco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSatco, available at all leading garden centres and DeSatco.com. The garden team is on hand, Bev Daring, John Glidden, and a big shout out to John. It was his birthday during the week uh, on Wednesday. He's another year older and braver and wiser, we hope, and uh, he does a lot for us behind the scenes. Every day, actually, not just today. Every day, John uh, is is working away for this gardening show. You can send us an email this morning, gardening at curtainfm.com.au and uh, the class act, Alan Simons, kicked off Saturday morning in his usual style and Rob Miller helped him do it. Thanks, boys. And we enjoyed our morning cycle with Jim Crinan. And Jim will be back next Saturday morning. Fayakara, you're nodding your head at me and you're agreeing <laughs> with me. We've got some nice weather coming up, haven't we?
2: We certainly have, interspersed with a little drop of rain, which, which is, is the perfect
0: recipe for our gardens. so I always look at the weather from the gardening perspective. It doesn't worry me about anything. Else, I'm always thinking about the garden and how it's benefiting or not. But uh, we do jump up to 30 on Wednesday, 28 on Tuesday. So there's a couple of spikes, but then it drops down again by the end of the week, hopefully to around 21, which will be nice. And our September rainfall, 43.8 mils so far. We certainly got a big drop during the week, did we not? We, it pucketed down my way.
2: Yeah, oh. It woke yes. me during the night. We, it was
0: just wild.
2: I think we even had a little bit of hail. Just very mild, melted as soon as it got to the ground. But, But, oh, what a great week. All that sunshine. I know. And then the bugs came out. And then the next thing you know, we got all that rain and the fungi regenerated and that popped out so something just, for everyone this it's week
0: yeah and i can see even you know when i was driving into the university this morning look at the native gardens here they are bouncing popping color everything is looking really beautiful we were just saying off air our gardens well you've got a much bigger garden than i have i can see everything getting ready you know and things are starting to surge and things are growing and there's it's just looking much more vibrant and uh that's that's spring isn't it
2: and the weeds are going for gold
0: (laughs) they certainly are in my garden and uh, yes I I'm at a loss because I have the creeping oxalis that is going through my garden through my plants you can't spray it because it's you've got good plants there and Mm. it's very hard to get out so that's yet another problem we might try and look at and tackle as the morning progresses daryl hardy Senior entomologist of Perd is joining us at eight forty. Uh, we love getting Daryl in the station. He's a lot of fun and he's just such a font of knowledge. And not only not only is the, you know he a champion of all pests, and there is a new pest that we will be talking about. Unfortunately, he's got huge gardening knowledge as well. So he's an all-rounded. He sure is. Yeah, Dude, he, he's isn't got he?
2: an amazing garden with palms and cycads oh, that. So, I that, mean, we just love having Daryl here. So, okay, um let's go straight out to
0: Queen's Park. Got a question about guava and mango trees. Hi, Karen. How are you going?
3: Good morning, ladies. Thank you. Um I have got a big problem. <laughs> we got uh, new neighbors and they took over the house where there is a little guava and there's and there's still really reasonably small mango tree on the birch and they want to get rid of it they said they chop it down i said please don't we'll have somebody down the street who might want the trees so but it has to be done now more okay. or less yes <laughs> so can we do it and uh, there are so many questions shall i cut them back so the guava tree is more like a bush and uh, it's about uh, two meters high and a meter and a, and, two, uh, and a half wide, and the and the mango tree is about I would say almost three meters, two and a half to three meters tall, and they're both about um, seven years old. I would say. Right. Okay. So how big are the tree? How big are the roots? Do we have to chop them back? What do we have to put in the holes? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> you <laughs> would, you will have to cut them back, Karen. Uh, ideally, <laughs> well being. It sounds like a big mango. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, for a home gardener, getting the root ball the size that you need it is no easy task because Mm -hmm. of the weight. If Mm -hmm. a a professional was doing it, they would have machinery, they could come in and they would be able to, to dig a much bigger hole and get many more roots to move the tree and... Mm-hmm. either have somewhere to put it in another location straight into a hole but that's talking about machinery if you're doing it by hand you can really only take what you can physically
3: manage yeah that's what I thought how, how, how big is the root ball I have no idea with the guava the, the guava tree uh, it looks, doesn't look that that big so um, is, that should be easier to move but I don't know have they got shallow roots have they got deep roots well, you'll know when you start digging. I,
2: ha- I haven't actually dug up a, mm-hmm. a guava. But once again, you will be determined by what you can physically manage. And yeah. if it's going into the ground, you can have a, any size hole. If it's going into the pot, that is your determining factor. So first of all, work
3: out where it's going. You, you oh yeah, yeah, we know we know that where it's going. So, I have it, do I have to cut it back hard? Just well, to, to is ha- it half the size? Or? First of all,
2: where is it going? In the ground or in a pot? In the ground, in the ground. Good, good. Okay, so I prepare that hole. I there's a lot of things that you can use organic material with a little bit of clay in it helps hold moisture and nutrients. Um, prepare that hole, dig it, mix it with the outside. Sand, I'm guessing, in Queen's Park. Yeah, yeah. And some slow-release fertiliser. So that that mm-hmm. will be the best preparation you can do for now. And include some compost too. That will help. Um, take as much as you can physically carry or move. Okay? The bigger mm-hmm. the root system, the better. It will be... Um, when you look at the canopy of the tree, you have a, a drip zone, so it will probably mm-hmm. be out there. So
3: I don't know if this is upright or, or spreading. Um, yeah, it's, not too, it's not too wide. I would say it's about yeah. a meter and a half wide for so okay. both of them. So it's not too bad.
2: So if you're okay. lucky, you okay. might be able to take a meter width, but, mm-hmm. but you'll probably struggle with that. Uh, for ease of moving it, you could cut it back, but you know when we've had Chris Oliver who specializes in fruit trees, he will say that when you're transplanting something, you don't need to cut it back. You take it with take it with with all of its leaves on, transplant it. I would also use a seaweed solution before and after and keep doing that weekly. And then mm-hmm. when the tree will drop its leaves, but it will then put on some new shoots, and that's where you would cut it back to.
3: Uh, okay, um, good, because because uh, uh, the the guava is already uh, shooting. They already have lost quite a few leaves, but I don't know whether you're supposed to use, lose leaves. But they already have got quite a few new shoots, and actually the, the mango, they had already a, a few flowers. So um, mm. should, should it leave the yeah. flowers? Or you, I, the,
2: you will lose the flowers, I'm sure. Mm.
3: Yeah, I think so too. So the you see, if if we don't do anything they will die anyway because this is they chopped them, yeah. chop them back, so uh chop them down. So we thought at least we'll give it a try, hopefully. So it 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 can be done. Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: All right, good luck and let us know how you get on, Karen.
3: Yeah, I will. Thank you okay. so much. Thank All right. You, thank you, ladies. Good night.
0: Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks, night. Karen. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And let's head to Bentley. Hi Lynn, how's it going?
4: Oh, good. My garden's just really lovely with all the rain. Everything's really moist. It's so nice. Yes. But um, you've been um, giving a lovely uh, voucher away to bigger trees, and I haven't actually received one. I don't (laughs) think I'd be smart enough to um, answer the question, but I thought, well, I'll just take a drive and go up there, and I'd like to pay a compliment to Carrie. She's got a beautiful uh, nursery. Yes. It's really a nice little drive, and... Yes. Um she's got a beautiful selection it's like a little country nursery in the bush it's really lovely and i'd really encourage people to go oh, thank, <laughs> you. I mean,
0: thank you for that that is very very kind and i would love you to win the 75 dollar gift voucher we are giving one away this morning so uh stay tuned yeah but that's yeah. a wonderful compliment for bigger trees and we appreciate you ringing in to say so
4: and I bought. actually bought, um, she's got a lovely variety of citrus, and I bought a beautiful yeah. Maya lemon that is absolutely bursting in flower, and it was a very reasonable price, I thought, ah, uh, is, for what I got. It was a three-year-old um, Maya lemon. And um, I was just wondering, Fay, how do I prepare the whole?
2: Were, were you listening tree? when I was talking to Karen a moment ago about preparing the whole same, yeah. same sort of thing? Same same deal, preparing the hole with uh, quality improvers designed for planting in the garden. Uh, it can yeah. be compost, soil improver, a little bit of clay in there, yeah. um, and that will be the best start. Now, is this lemon tree to complement your one which was in the ground and not moving?
4: Oh, no, that... That's uh it Was my my mandarin tree. Ah. It's just it's got it's got flower all over it. Can you believe it? Of
2: course I can, because you <laughs> give them love.
4: Well, it's just well, it's got it's just um I, I got it just before COVID. Um okay. just before we had the first lockdown and it just didn't do anything and I ran you and then at the end of that year <laughs> um it uh, sort of had a few leaves and I just thought, Oh well I'll I'll just feed it and that's what I did and I went out after all this rain that we had and all these flowers are on it. Well
2: Lynn, you know the old story don't you a watched pot never boils so you were watching (laughs) it so much during Covid you didn't see any movement. Oh
4: it's wonderful it's absolutely wonderful so um yes so yeah I love the nursery and Go up there, Faye. You ought to go up and have have a little coffee place as well. You can have a little cup of coffee up there. You should go up and just have a look. It's a lovely
2: drive. It's on my list, Lynn. I just need to <laughs> have a little bit of time out from home and my garden and my weeds and, you know, all the daily duties. You need to pop it right to the top, Faye. Oh, okay, Lynn. All right. You can
0: you could Noted. pull in at Melville Rose Nursery <laughs> on the way. There's a few other stops. Yeah. Well, Make it a
2: okay. nice morning a, or
0: afternoon drive.
2: If April's listening, yes. she's she's my plant buddy. Yes. So road trip. Road okay. trip. Road trip.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Thanks yeah, for lovely. ringing in, love.
4: Have a great day. You love you. Okay. Okay. Cheers.
0: Awesome. Thank you. See
4: you bye. Bye.
0: Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. Um I I I'm getting very close to getting my uh, Shade House built. Oh, very, very close. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm just about having a heart attack. So uh, we're just, just getting some f- approval through the council at the moment. And I think that's all going to be quite seamless. Um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I cannot wait. I think I'll, in a couple of weeks' time it will be up.
2: Wow. And, or less. you think the council is going to approve it that quickly
0: well we it's 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 not a it's it's only a structure made from with you know wood and um shade cloth etc etc so it's uh, do you
2: need approval for that well
0: in our suburb one never knows it pays okay. to cross our T's and okay. dot our i's and uh the fellow that's building it said I'll ring you today everything looks okay he's spoken to the council we're doing the right thing because if we do if yes. we didn't get it approved then you can guarantee someone will report us so we're doing we're doing everything correctly because you have to in my burb where i live yeah. and uh so yeah i i i, I can't wait i So tell wait. us
2: about it right so oh how it's going at the side of your house it's
0: going down the side of the house it's um about seven point something meters in length and it's going to have a pitched roof because i want height because i'm going to have hanging baskets Mm -hmm. going to have uh good shelving and that's all been discussed at the moment so my plants have drainage when they're sitting on the shelves and it's going to also have uh on the pitched roof with the How can I describe it? With the shade cloth, it's going to be in large squares that can actually be lifted out and removed so that you can move them off and on as you need to Mm. if you want to. So perhaps in winter I can remove a couple of those if I want to to let a little bit more light in. Uh, So, yeah, it's... uh, I'm just trying to think. It's going to be, it's not, you know, it's not wildly fancy or anything, Doesn't but it's have going to, to hit fancy. the mark. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to hit the mark. So I will have some of my taller plant, indoor plant types in there. And I want it, we have two uh, windows overlooking that area, um, three actually, the, from the dining and our lounge area. And rather than have curtains there, I just want this greenery. And if we enclose it, which we are, we have lots of privacy. I don't need curtains and I'm going to my, my curtains will be green oh, plants wow. and that's what I'll be overlooking. So I want to make it very lush and maybe have a little table and chair out there and yeah. Well,
2: what width have you got there? It's not wildly
0: wide, uh trying to think how I'd describe it maybe More than a metre, obviously. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Two so, meters? Um not two metres, I'd okay. say probably about Gosh, um,
2: as tall as we are, yeah, if laid yeah, down. probably so about, about meter and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's just down the side of the house. So, but it's a nice little spot there. And
2: uh, and yeah. what? What shade cloth? What level of shade cloth? I was going to go for
0: 50% Mm -hmm. and black I think I'll go for, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, black will be the the actual wood. I think it's going to be made out of a pine or something like that. It will be painted dark as well just to marry in with the fascia around the house. My house is sort of a light grey and uh, but it has the dark fascia and so it will just marry and blend in with
2: that hopefully and will you have doors at each end it'll be well I've got
0: well there are doors there's a door leading out from the dining room into it and also the door from my little garden shed so I go through my garage into the garden shed and out that way Uh so it's got a door at each end it'll be slightly left open at at the points of each end of the of the actual pergola there will be just a little bit of a gap at each end for airflow and uh, yeah so i cuz i don't want to completely closed mm-hmm. in and there'll be a small gap um uh, between the roof and the sidewall cuz i've got a very large wall along one side wall on both sides obviously cuz there's a house on the other side so and as we go i might need to add to it as well so but yeah i need provision for at least you know 12 20 hanging baskets so yeah, my oh, other half's wonderful. eyes rolled. He said, "I thought we were just having Shea Club put down the side of the house."
2: Ha. ha! ha. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. As if, <laughs> as if, exactly. Oh, that
2: sounds exciting, Ray. I'm I'm really pleased. I need it. I, know. I need it.
0: I am desperate. So I cannot wait to get that. And that's very indulgent of me. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. We shall return in a moment.
5: Curtain radio.
0: 23 minutes after 8, you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. And things are bopping along.
2: So you reckon we could be at Bigger Trees in 20 minutes after we left here today? Yeah, you could.
0: If you jumped in your car from here, you'd be there in 20 minutes.
2: Do you think we should do that today?
0: (laughs) I wish that I could. I can't, but I'd like to. So no, I'm heading up to York this weekend, actually. So yeah. There's some car thing up there. I won't go into details. I'm just a handbag. No, I just go for a change of scenery and uh, a little bit of down tool time and uh, yeah, change of routine. I enjoy that and I love that. I love it and the
2: wildflowers are out. Yeah, look. Stop on the side of the road mm. and just get out of the car and have a look. When you see a patch of colour, yeah, just go, go for a wander just off the side of the road. Now, I don't know whether I told you, last weekend when I went up to Kings Park, I went to the front of the line and I I found out who was, where everyone was from and how long they'd been there. And I,
0: You're a cheeky little thing that way, aren't you? Well,
2: <laughs> you know... Our listeners want to know what's going on. So I do that
0: I, when I go to nurseries. I <laughs> investigate people. Why are you buying that? And what where, where are you going to do with it? Poor people. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. I interrupt.
2: I, look, we could tell lots of stories we about could. that. Anyway, I told you last weekend there was a lady from 2J. This week I got an email from the lady at 2J. Yeah. Her name was Elaine. And she, well, I think we were at a, a naturalist club meeting a couple of years ago. And she was showing... Someone, her photos of these blue sun orchids, I think, yeah. um, big patches. And so I turned around and, you know, stuck my nose in and said, oh, mm. can I have a look? Mm. Anyway, she's she was trying to save them because they, the road was going to be cut up. And there were hundreds of these blue orchids. Well, they're budding up now. But she's now also on a fight to save a 420-year-old powder bark tree
0: Yes, I saw it. It's um, a beautiful looking but tree. But yeah, how's
2: that? She said we mm. briefly spoke. So this lady, I mean, we cross paths yes. in our lives, don't Six we? Six
0: degrees of separation. And then
2: I had morning tea at my place with another friend yesterday, who introduced me to a friend of hers. And the lady she brought had been to my garden fourteen years ago.
0: Oh wow! Oh, so, that's wonderful.
2: Yes, often when we're on the same, when we're on the right path, we yeah. we meet people time and time again. Anyway, moving right on, thank you to Paula who's just sent in some photos and a query about ginger and garlic and she would like to know if the photos that she sent of the ginger, she's growing them in pots, are they at the right depth? Well, ginger is shooting now. It's Mm. a warm season plant. So if you've got roots and they're shooting, yes, you can put them in the ground. If you're going out to buy them, Maybe go to one of the organic shops so that you know it's not been treated. Uh, Place it on the pot and make sure that you've got a very wide pot because they do go out, but they go down as well. So it's like a hand across the the surface Mm -hmm. and then down with fingers as well.
0: As as big as that, at least. At
2: least that. They need room to grow. They're hungry. So they'll they'll love manure and fertilizers, and they love water. They'd like to be in a warm spot, but not full sun. So no, they do love
5: water. Mm-hmm.
2: And what you do? What's happened here? They they're just starting to shoot. So away from the the main rhizome, there's a little ball and a new shoot coming. So I just need that covered. A little bit more Paula just so the shoot is at the surface and then it will push up and the root will grow below the surface as for the garlic that you're growing in pots now is not the ideal time mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that um, if you keep watering these they will continue to grow you can of course use the green shoots in cooking they'll yeah. still give you a yeah. garlic flavor For sure. Uh, so you can use them in stir fries but what you need to do is be ready next year around March, April yeah. and get yourself some fresh garlic, once again organic because mm. many of the much of the garlic in our shops is imported and or treated. Yes. And you would you, you can grow them in a pot, but they really need a little bit more space because a single clove will swell to a corm and it will be about the size of a golf ball. And they, too, are hungry feeders. But autumn next year, not really now. But yeah. see how you go. Thank you for that. Now, we had a weed query, and this is from a couple of weeks ago, from Chris. And a lot of people will be noticing their lawns are not looking too perfect at the moment. And, of course, the weeds that have been growing there over winter, as we've talked about, are Getting ready to to flower and set seeds, so mm. this is where they're they're more obvious. And often this is how we determine what a weed is by its flower. Now, all all we can really tell from this is that it's a grass that Chris has pulled out of the lawn. I did send this email to Clayton
5: mm-hmm.
2: of Infinity Lawn Care,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and he said that it is Parramatta grass. Now. Because we're looking at killing a grass in a grass, yeah. there are a limited number of products that you can use. use yeah. uh, he did suggest that there's one brand, which I know a lot of people are using on the Lawn Addicts Facebook page. Oh, I see.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's called Bow and Arrow. Wow. Now, I know, I'm know, i not sure if you'll get this in the major hardware stores. You may have to go to a specialist nursery. Maybe John could have a look uh, and Google uh Lawn Pride, there's a place in Belmont and Ralphie's Ralphie's Lawn Care are places that you can get excessive. it. but mm-hmm. there there may be more. And it looks like uh, a, a clumpy grass. I'm I've seen it in my travels and it's a rotten thing. Well there there are a few grasses around Nasty. but like I said, until they flower, mm. it's hard to determine what they are. So mm. I thank you to Clayton for that
0: one yes indeed
2: mm. so we've got dr Daryl joining us this morning haven't we Ray? we
0: do and looking forward to that he's always a bundle of energy
2: <laughs> like us
0: Faye. and, and you've got a beautiful we're not we, it's always a florist in here every saturday morning but today even more so well uh, you've brought in an uh, amazing array of things from your garden
2: well, you know, I'd like to be able to share with people what, what they can do, what's happening now, what do you need to do in your garden. And, oh, one thing is just enjoy it. Get out there and mm. um, smell the fragrance of of different flowers, the freesias; These ones are growing. They've just self-sown towards my bushland, Ray, and I bought and this just, bunch yeah. of freezers into the house last night and Eddie came in and he goes, oh!
0: Can, fragrance can smell
2: them they're just beautiful they so are there's beautiful. yellows and whites um, they can be a bushland weed but they're they're a very popular bulb for growers and yeah. you know these bring back memories because when we grew up in North Beach we had a vacant block next door to us very very heavily limestone, that came right to the surface. And these just grew wild. And I I would go out and pick posies of them for my Nana.
0: Yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. I've got some growing in pots at the moment. Mine are burgundy in color. uh, I was just saying off air too, um, you can really see the difference in our gardens and things really beginning to pop and just getting ready and uh it's interesting for me because i planted my garden a year ago and just the change i'm noticing the change of how much stronger the plants mm-hmm. are looking now the stems have thickened up and they're much more robust looking and i've got the verbena bonariensis which we put in um last year and uh this year it you know i i cut it down it you know dies down fairly, fairly in, in across winter as do many plants and I can see them all starting to come up and these the stems on these grow to around about six feet and they're very narrow stem and then the flowers on top and they're absolutely they're elegant they're gorgeous but they're really getting strong and they are really taken hold and I thought yeah things are starting to I can actually say I have a garden now, whereas last year when everything was planted out, I was, you know, I used to say to people it's just in its baby stages, but it's starting to look really pretty. I turn around the corner where I drive on my car heading home, and my garden just pops out on the street. Oh, I'm hoping neighbours will take note and do similar, (laughs) but uh, not happening as I speak. But uh, yeah, it just pops. You're a leader. Well, yes, yeah. I'm a suburb influencer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) When it comes to the garden.
2: Fantastic. I want others to follow
0: suit pretty up the
2: street. Oh. So I've also got here some begonias that are flowering and, you know, they did okay through the winter. I, yeah. I made sure I didn't water their leaves. Uh, they were under a clear roof patio. They got very little looking after, maybe watering once a week or 10 days when they looked a bit floppy. So they they've come through very well. Now's a great time, I reckon, to... Start taking cuttings of them.
0: Begonias. Uh,
2: begonias, yes. Yeah. And geraniums. I've got yeah. baskets of, hanging baskets of geraniums, and I've put lobelia in with them. And yeah. my visitors commented yesterday how, how pretty. pretty they look. So I'll give them a feed and encourage some more flowers. So but, geraniums are very busy at the moment as oh, well. The geraniums are just, yeah, really cranking up. But, you know, some of the bigger pots will have these little dead bits on them. Yeah. So, you know, gardening doesn't have to be tedious. You go out there with your cup of tea and just just pull with one hand all the little dead bits off it. If it's looking a bit long and lanky, now wouldn't be a bad time to give them a a light cut back Mm. just to thicken them up and take cuttings give them to friends or Yeah, that's whatever. a really
0: bright colour, that one, isn't it? Is it like a very bright this,
2: coral? This is one of my favourites. Um I really like the ivy geraniums. I've just found that they're, they're tougher. They're less susceptible to rust. Mind you, I haven't grown the other leafy ones for many years. Mm. Um, there's some beautiful patterned leaf and coloured leaf ones mm. that I'd probably like to have a go at soon did you buy anything at the fair last week i did i bought chrysanthemums ray ah. something different but i have decided that i would like to add more flowers for picking yeah. in my garden yeah i'd like to be able to br- bring you a bunch of all the same
0: thing. oh nice idea <laughs> but no i like the variety here um mm. uh, we're heading to belcata talking about garlic and ginger barbara hi
2: hi barbara oh, good
7: morning How's, how are you girls? very good thanks barbara Okay, um, you were talking about um, garlic and ginger and I would like to know the best place to purchase some corms for the garlic and the ginger.
2: Okay, an organic sh- grocery shop or... Yeah, some... I
7: understand that, but where about do I go?
2: You're in Belkata. Oh, um, I'll tell you what, John might know because he's at Mount Hawthorne uh, so, you're looking for
0: an organic supermarket?
2: An organic grocery. But also your uh, Saturday morning markets.
0: Yes, that's a good place.
2: And markets. your nurseries, of mm. course. Mm. Nurseries okay, will so have the...
7: I've got um, two, um, um, uh, the big nurseries next, uh, quite close to me in um, up Road. But, yes. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering whether they will be organic if I purchase them. Oh, from look, there? If, if you
2: purchase them from a nursery, you will be getting the right the right stuff. Uh, they may not be organic, but they won't have been sprayed with inhibitors for supermarkets. Okay. okay.
7: Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just curious when you said the organic shops, and I thought, well, I wouldn't know where to go. Right. Okay. Are you on the
0: internet, Barbara?
7: Uh, yes, I am, but could... I, haven't, um, I haven't joined you on
2: the internet yet. <laughs> okay. Well, and the other thing is that I probably need to clarify is that we were talking about an edible ginger. Now, if you go to a, a nursery, you may be able to purchase edible gingers from there, but they will also have a range of ornamental gingers. No, I want the,
7: I've been eating ginger... Um, and garlic uh, ever since I became a senior because I heard how good it is for you. Yes. So, um, yeah, and when I purchase them from the supermarket, especially the um, garlic, it's always not really, uh, it's old. Mm, <laughs> when yes. When you get into the uh, corn itself, mm. um, it's probably ready to be planted again. And also the ginger is so expensive to buy oh and
2: that's that's one reason why you grow it yourself and and they're lovely pot plants in that they have beautiful green foliage so well, that's what I'm after so that's mm. what I
7: want to do please all
2: right so when you go to the supermarket or to shopping centers look for a, a grocery store that is organic or check out the markets or check out your nurseries and ask around
7: Okay, where am I likely to find those markets that you were talking about? Is there one close to Belcada?
2: Oh, surely, uh, Karen Up Shopping Centre have like Sunday markets, like car park markets. Do they?
7: Oh, okay. Oh, they. Oh, I'll give I'll yes. give Karen up, um them. Um... A shopping centre ring and find out when the next one is. Yeah, oh,
0: a lot of markets are dotted all around on a weekend, um, all around yes. the suburbs. Yeah, shopping
2: shopping centre car parks often when shops aren't open. You know, a mm. lot of the okay. retailers. Mm. Oh, oh, that's very helpful. Thank you very oh. much for your help. <laughs> Be warned, Barbara. Once once you uh, find the plant sellers at the Sunday markets, uh, you'll probably want a shopping trolley to take you. Purchases home. (laughs)
7: Oh, well, (laughs) that's what it's all about at this age.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Thanks,
7: Barbara. Cheers. Have a good day. Bye.
0: And let's head to Two Rocks. We're talking about Sweet Peas. Arthur, good morning.
1: Good morning, girls. Hello. Uh, I don't know what we'll do if you guys decide to knock off and don't do this program anymore, but we've got a problem. And the problem is... uh, I was told that uh, the plants that I'm growing which are sweet peas and I grown them in the same ground every year that they must be lacking in something because they crawl around the ground rather than going up the up the wire. They will not climb up. They will they, they like melon plants. They want to run around the ground. What am um, I, are they lacking something?
2: Well, there are different types of sweet peas and there are some dwarf ones that you, yeah, you can no. grow and they just Grow grow low. I've always had to encourage mine, so I get like the bamboo skewers, yeah, and put in, yeah, yeah, and put them there, and then encourage them to go up, and then once they're about fifteen centimeters long, they they should start producing tendrils, and, yes. and climb.
1: They'll climb, yeah. You got to play around with them to get them to get up. Oh,
2: you do, yeah, but... and sometimes they they get a bit. Um, you know they go the opposite way and they'll just lay down on the ground. So back yeah, you go that's, again, that's,
1: and that's what might have been up. doing this year. Perhaps mm. I've been well enough to deal with them, but however, oh, <laughs> have
2: you taken no, your yeah. eye off them?
1: Yeah, it's uh, probably half the trouble. But no, anyway, no. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I had uh, chap here yesterday telling me, hey, they lack in uh, something. He said use Epsom salts on them or something, and that'll make some go up. But I don't know whether that... So I thought, oh, no, I know what I'll do. I'll ring the girls in the morning I'll oh. find out. <laughs>
2: well, what I would do, Arthur, is to give them a liquid feed of yes. uh, something like the Miracle Grow, Thrive, yeah, Power Feed, something thrive. like that. Mm. Yeah, it will yeah. boost the blooms. Mm. Mm. And yep. rather than give them one element, mm. it gives them kind of everything they need.
1: Oh, good. I All right. I'll do that. Do then. that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it...
2: It will push them along. You just encourage them back to where you want them to go. Give them a a drink of a fertiliser. Go back again. Make sure they're going the right way. And you will see them jump out of the ground with the warm weather and some liquid fertiliser.
1: Oh, yeah. So I'll keep persevering with them. (laughs) I, I haven't been too well this year and I just I haven't done it so they've been going oh. around the ground and it's been annoying me so.
0: Are you yeah. all right Arthur?
2: Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: I'm coming good. Yeah, good, I'm coming good. 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 Yeah, all yeah. Right. Well, it
2: is lovely love to money. hear from you again because I mm. know you've been regular over the years calling Thank you. calling us. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much, yeah. And I don't report- know what we'll do if you guys decide not to do it anymore. We'll be lost.
2: Well, I don't think we will decide not to do it.
1: <laughs>
0: You'd have to speak to our boss, man. Yeah. Uh, good. All right, Arthur. Um, thanks, good luck and report thanks. back, report back.
1: Thanks ever so much. Thanks, love. Our Cheers.
5: pleasure. Cheers. So
1: now.
0: Bye. Bye. Now. Quick break. When we return, we're chatting with Glenis. Curtain You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio, Dr. Daryl Hardy, has joined. A senior entomologist of Deepert.
8: Good morning. Good morning, Faye and Ray. Lovely How are to you? have you here. Uh, yeah, I'm up, and as you said, I was listening on the way, and the bundle of energy is here.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: You, <laughs> you could talk under water with a yeah, mouthful oh, of marbles, yeah,
8: yeah, like us. Right. Yeah, and gargle and sing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, can I just quickly do a correction, please? My my apologies on the Parramatta grass. Clayton thankfully, was listening in and I actually got it wrong. The Parramatta grass is to be controlled with glyphosate and you don't spray your whole lawn with it. Just that. You would paint the individual grasses in the lawn. The bow and arrow would be for the oxalis, which was a separate inquiry. So thank you for that, Clayton.
0: Okay, and Mark of Dinella phoned in and he said there's an organic market on charles street i assume at the old yes browns dairy site there's one there and glennis phoned in if you give us a call back glennis we'll put you to air but i know why you're ringing and uh, you're very welcome uh but give us a call back if you can and uh, i know you've been waiting there for a while 94841927 we've got a few open gardens happening now obviously there's the big one on this weekend
2: There is Annie's garden up in the vines and that is 30 Vintage Lane today and tomorrow from 10 to 4 and she has an acre garden, native plants and succulents, funds are are going towards the sister project or part funds, refreshments are available and these are being done by the the sister project and we talked to Annie last week so hope the, the weather stays nice and Be a great weekend for getting out and having a look at gardens.
0: Yes, absolutely. Perfect weather. And
2: John did come in with details of your York weekend. It's a drive and dance and he wanted to know why I didn't know about it. (laughs) So that's on uh, from the 17th to the 19th. Free entertainment with DJ Sheree. Saturday dance with the Dukes of York. uh, Free event Sunday the York Motor Show. Yes. Tickets available through Sticky Ticket, BYO Drinking and Nibbles, raffles and spot prizes on Saturday nights. Sounds wonderful. It's
0: a huge, uh, actually, weekend. I was up there last weekend, and I'm sorry, last year, and it was absolutely pumping.
2: Well, I might have so, to put that on my calendar.
0: Yes. Mm. So, well, my other half, as you know, he's involved in the Bus Preservation Society and they're taking up about 5 Uh, buses, you know, uh, very old buses, they get them up there and then they drive people around the York town, you know, they get to go along. Yeah, so he's involved in all of that. So hence my tagging along.
2: Mm, Excellent. So, Daryl, what have you been up to?
8: Um, Trying to stay dry in this um, rather wet and prolonged winter. Soggy
0: winter, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so
8: um, there was a dry patch some time ago. I I got into the garden, but since then... No, I've just Down been in she the, come. I've been in the shed. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah sharpening the, the secateurs and getting ready That's so, a great I, tip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need to um, yeah, get ready for the spring on on onslaught yeah, or unslaught. Yeah. So just getting there and uh, all the citrus are flowering, which is great and hopefully my limes will stay on the on the plant uh, the the little uh, limes will stay on this time. Yeah. But I've had several years of them dropping off. I've I've picked up a tip that you don't fertilize when they're setting fruit. So we'll just see if this works. Because I think the, the, the temptation is, as soon as you see the fruit, is to go and start putting some fertiliser in. So I'm back. off this When they're setting time. fruit as yeah.
2: distinct from when they're bursting with bloom. Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when they're bursting with bloom at the moment, so then you know the flowers are falling off and the little, the little fruits are just there. And I, I get lose 90%, 95% of this lime. So I want them to stay on this year. So, I'm so you're off.
2: avoiding the fertilizer. Do you yep. use controlled
8: release, or granular, or I, liquid? I'm an MPK type person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So put that on. Um, yeah.
2: And that's not slow release.
8: No, no, that's not. But I don't put a dump on. I just go and put a, a light dressing and little do it often. Yeah, yes, that's right. You've got it. Yep. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> that's a good tip. And watering it in well, and not burning the roots, because that's, right. that's yes. what.
8: The surface granular
2: fertilizers can do.
8: That's right.
0: I might give away my $75 Bigotry gift voucher. Uh, You must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Uh, as as a listener phoned in earlier and uh, was uh, I think she did it g- gave us all the the run in for the bigger trees. I don't have to say very much. Uh, I'm only joking. Uh, it's a fabulous nursery up in Pickering Brook, and if you'd like to see more, and you can access the internet biggertrees.com.au, have a look at just what is in this nursery. It's absolutely sensational. Family run, immaculate. Fabulous, Kerry Spriggs from Bigotry Nursery. Now, here is your question. And John is at it again, so you have to blame him if you think they're too hard. How many bees does it take to produce a teaspoon of honey? How many bees does it take to produce a teaspoon of honey? We'll be back shortly. You are with Let's Talk Gardening and we have a prize winner for our $75 gift voucher. Thank you for playing and I will... I guess I can give you the answer to that now, shall I? Yes. Okay. Uh, My question was, how many bees does it take to produce a teaspoon of honey? And the answer is 12 bees. 12 bees. Yes. Yes, a lot of bees. Yeah, their lifestyle. 12 bees. Yeah, to produce one teaspoon.
2: And it will take them, what, about six weeks?
0: Well, that's their lifespan, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four to six weeks. So, yeah. There you go. They, they only produce, I think, I think each bee produces, I don't know how, I get these um, cryptic messages from John. Uh, maybe it's one twelfth of a teaspoon in their <laughs> lifetime. So yeah, 12 bees uh, to produce one teaspoon, which is not a lot. Shows you how hard those
8: little guys work, right? Well,
2: we know, don't we?
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, okay.
8: Darryl um,
2: would know. He's our senior entomologist, Dr. Yeah, I Darryl. Actually,
8: I actually run the bee program now, so <laughs> I'm learning rapidly because I've never done bees before. But, uh, yeah, Fabulous. I have a couple of really good staff that write into bees, so I, I just make sure that I keep them happy. <laughs> Very okay. good.
0: And we will be heading to the news at 9 a.m. And our winner is Sue Richardson from Gabada? Gabada. Gabada.
2: Mm, Where is in, that? Um Gin I believe. Mm.
0: Okay. Good on you, Sue. Mm. Excellent. And Glennis of Inaloo phoned in and she wanted to say thanks to myself for recommending John the Gardener. He was marvellous and she'd recommend him to anyone. Yes, he is marvellous, Glennis. I know that. And uh, But I think John's got a lot on his plate and really can't take on anymore. But uh, I know he was in sort of range of where you live and uh, we wanted to help you out. So I'm glad that you've had some success uh, with John and he is uh, an avid... Curtain FM listener and that's how I met John just simply through him being a listener and making contact one day and now we are in contact all the time, send silly emails to each other and uh, that's been going on for years and he's also very much a dog lover and a gardener as well, obviously, and he looks after, he's retired now and he looks after other people's gardens for them. So oh, you're welcome Glennis. we like to help where we can Okay, I will be quiet and you guys can carry on. Well
2: we have some breaking news to share with mm. our listening audience, so Everyone, sit down and listen in to Dr. Daryl. All yeah. oh,
8: right. So thanks for inviting us on to share the good news. <laughs> well, that's not good news. Um, we've discovered a, another nasty pest, unfortunately. Um, but we've only found it in one property in East Fremantle and a potential second property in uh, Netherlands. Um, at the moment, and we've been doing some surveillance, and the local papers down there have got onto us pretty quickly. So there's a bit of Facebook action. I heard
0: it on the news. Yeah, driving the other yeah. day.
8: So it's the polyphaga shothole borer, um, which and its scientific name is. Yeah, you know, it's 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 quite rude. It's it's second. Its species name is Fornicatus. So th- mm-hmm. that would tell you of biblical proportions. It breeds a lot.
3: Wow. Okay. And it's a
8: very tiny bistricken like beetle. It's in the group of ambrosia beetles. Now they're quite interesting in themselves. Is that they arrive with um, this um, fusarium fungus in their mouthparts, um, and they actually bore into plants, and then they have these galleries where they this fungus gets off their mouth parts and they actually f- eat the fungus. It grows in the tunnels. So they actually they just bore into the trees to make a little place for their so they can farm their, their fungus. Oh, I
0: see. Yeah. Oh, and, and then
8: the fungus is the thing that kills the tree.
2: Oh, gosh. So, Daryl, are we talking about them only inhabiting live trees? Yes, or? so these
8: ones attack live trees and okay. when the trees die, they leave. Um so um yeah and now there's 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 trees that they reproduce in and there's trees they feed on and cannot reproduce in so the the tree that we've found it in at the moment is it's it's a maple tree but Mm -hmm. a lot of people call them box elders too but we'll just say maple so in that group of trees um so the primary hosts are things like uh yeah maple obviously liquid amber Uh, Plain trees. Well, we have Uh, a lot of those. That's right. So that's why, um, I mean, the instrumental council has been very proactive Mm. straight away. And, of course, um, they're worried because the cost of replacing trees. So you'll get these holes bored. And it's called um, polyphatic shot hole, Mm. Bora, because it looks like somebody shot the the tree with a shotgun.
2: But... When people go looking, because they're a very small beetle, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to find something.
8: You're not going to see the beetle unless you're really lucky. Yeah, you're just going to see this tiny. Yeah, and they're the size of a ballpoint pen. The actual, the the, the actual, the ball bearing. That's in the, the photos
0: whole... I was looking at yesterday. The whole precision is incredible. Yeah, it yeah. looks like someone's yeah. had a little drill. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But that's
2: not uncommon because no. we, we I see this in my bug hotels too, that's and right. I'm pretty sure there's little bees that. Will do a similar thing. That's They'll right. drill holes into yeah. wood.
8: Yeah. So, um, well, yeah. So, there's a lot of borers, a lot of native borers, and, but uh, and some of them have similar size holes. There's other bistrikers. So, there's at least four described species or subspecies or or yeah, biotypes in in this um, in this grouping, um, and we've done the preliminary um, DNA and morphological analysis, and it comes back as the nasty one. Uh, we're still waiting for confirmation, but yeah, our, our, our uh, diagnostic people are very good. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Confident. I'm, I'm confident. I'm very confident. It's going to come back as a hundred percent that it's the nasty one. So there's a similar one in uh, in Queensland, and it, it has minor damage on avocados, but this one is going through street trees in South Africa and killing them off in droves. It's going through California and killing off street trees in droves. And it's going through Israel and killing off all the avocados. Cold now, grief. and then I've noticed that uh, when you do some reading and I've got a lot of people doing reading, and sending me stuff at work, as we've mounted a response to this, we've got... Um, uh, people saying that um, in South Africa it's attacking acacias, but they're a different sort of acacia to us. Um, and it's also into haikias and eucalypts in South Africa. So it's not only a production pest in avocados and it will attack citrus as well. It's an amenities pest. It's potentially an environmental pest So it ticks all the boxes for being a really nasty pasty. So um, what we're asking people to do, especially in the... Uh, now, the other complication is that East Remandle are doing a verge clean. And so we're working with East Remandial Council and the collectors like uh, the uh, Rich Grow yes. people like that that are yeah. doing the collections um, to actually make sure that, that, that we're not spreading this around. Mm. Um, so we're asking um, anybody or anybody in the metropolitan, anybody that sees these, like somebody's taken to their um, their tree with a shotgun and, and report it on the My Pest Guide reporter app or ring our uh, pest and disease information service, which is PATAS, And their number is um, 3688080, I think. I just need to check that, but I think that's it. And yeah, so we're really... But the thing is, um, nobody's been able to stop it, but we think we may have just got very lucky uh, because of citizen science, people reporting stuff on the app, that we've got it very early. So we're going to have a crack at um, getting rid of it.
2: And how long does it take for for these uh, beetles to kill off a branch?
8: Well, it depends on the load of beetles, but the reproductive, in peak season, the reproductive uh, period is about 30 days. Good So grief. we're not even sure how many eggs they, they lay but um, in our environment, but they, they, it seems like South Africa and, and California, which is similar to Western Australia in climate, that they actually, they developed really quickly. So it's become a major pest in the four years that they've known about it in South Africa.
0: Yep, Okay, We will pick up this conversation on the other side of the news. It's Mm 9am. Currently 14.6 degrees. We are heading for a maximum today of 20, a shower or two developing. The minimum overnight till Sunday is a 10 and the maximum tomorrow 22. Shower or two clearing. And on Monday, the minimum overnight will be nine with a maximum of 23. And it will be sunny and we have sunny temperatures Uh, coming up for Tuesday and Wednesday of uh, 28 and 30 on Wednesday. And the rainfall so far for September is 43.8 mils against our average of 76.4 mils. But we're going very well for the year with our rainfall so far and we're very grateful for that, are we not? We certainly are. some gorgeous emails come in. I was indulging myself talking about my pending shade house and Cheryl sent an email in and she actually built a shade house recently several weeks ago and she followed the advice of 50% black shade cloth and she said her plants have been in there now for 10 days and she can't believe how happy they are and that's really (laughs) interesting that you can see that change very quickly how they just love that environment absolutely perfect so thank you Cheryl and I also received another email and I was talking about wanting to look out of my windows from my lounge and dining room and just see lush green and they sent in this most beautiful uh, photograph of from the window of their family room and they just have an oasis they have a little water feature and it just and they have the beautiful you know the screens that you can buy you know yes, to
2: metal screens
0: yeah to block out walls my dad's actually done that down one side of his uh area out the back and he's put some lighting behind it and it looks great because it just hides an ugly fence if you like uh, and this just looks so impactful have a look at that you two it's just lovely oh mm. that looks like your backyard Darren. <laughs> yeah it's an oasis yeah, isn't it yeah th-
8: yes. and this very is, is, tropical and this is yeah and this is what i want to encourage i mean i want to have this ha- i mean the hanging gardens of babylon and that's what i want to sort of <laughs> get happening in my backyard yeah but we, we're sort of the way there but this person's a lot more advanced they've got a lot of stuff happening there
2: so what are you hanging
8: Oh, well, give you a guess. <laughs> uh, it'll be ripsala's uh lopismines, and all these sorts of things that, um, yeah, I've taken a fancy to. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And very soon we will have our swap day and yeah, we can show right. off plants and yeah. and share. Yeah. But one shade house isn't enough,
0: so I've actually no. already I've got my eye on the other side of the house as well, what could be incorporated there. But That'll be another project, but... It's in the back of my mind. I've always got something in the back of my mind.
2: Are you going to have an open garden, Ray?
0: One day. One day. But if it's only a little garden, people might be very disappointed. (laughs) I doubt it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's only tiny. But uh, we'll do something one day when it's established. It's not what you've got, it's what you do with it, I say.
8: (laughs) (laughs) A rule for life, I would think. That's right, yeah. We we might move on now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. All right.
0: Rosemary of Rockingham called in and she has mango trees in Bedforddale area, Plenty of flowers, but uh, a lot of black-brown spots are on the leaves. Any advice, please?
8: Yeah, okay. Faye's looking at me. So I think it's probably anthracnose. Mm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you could try minkazib, but you probably need a more um, uh, potent fungicide if you want to control that um mind you um my mango lost all its leaves or it so cold this winter and some of the tips got burnt back too so wow. so um it could be from the you know up there bedford dale is it yeah yeah, yeah bedford dale. could be just the cold it could be the impact of the cold too so what about yeah. anti-rot daryl yeah you can try it. yeah the whatever you can get hold of but
2: systemic and yeah yeah it th- just
8: depends whether it's i'm not sh- i'm look I'm an entomologist, uh, but you know mm. pathology is I'm a horticulturalist. World. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, look, it just yeah, just do a bit of googling, and I'm sure John's onto it now to come up with um, what's the best. But it's either yeah, cold, um, and we're getting some yeah, uh, or it's um, anthrax nose.
2: Mm. A uh, lot of plants yeah. are showing signs of, yeah. of black spots, they and it, it's yeah. very much because of the weather, and a lot mm. of plants will come out of that yes. with exactly. the warmer weather exactly,
8: yes. yeah, so we just need that warmer weather we 've had one thirty two degree day yeah. and they 've gone back into winter again, so hopefully in the next week or so um, yeah we'll get some weather and you 'll get some shooting and but she said there's lots of flowers. Uh, that's good. Uh, mangoes, interestingly enough, they seem to be, and we find this uh, up around the Ord and Broome when the mangoes grow up there, is you'll get one crack a year and you'll get good fruit. And the next year, mm. you won't get much. So the f- the plant seems to put all its energy in. It takes a year for it to recover. recover to, mm. Yeah, so you, you you don't get even fruiting every year. Mm-hmm. So
2: talking about black spots, Jen has sent in a photo of some blueberry leaves and wants to know, uh, what, what the problem might be or what she should do. Yeah, and
8: we talked about blueberry rust, and uh, we've actually done some surveys, and uh, we don't have blueberry rust in Western Australia. But uh, what I might do is um, take this and, and get somebody to ring Gen, and we might actually get the samples. But once again, it could just be the cold weather, although blueberries they do like, like it. They yeah. do like it, but you know, um, we've got, we got a lot of frost this year, so it just mm. depends what suburb. Uh, it might be frost, but it, yeah, it could. I don't think it's blueberry rust, but we mm. will we'll take a sample just to be sure. Okay, very ben? good,
2: very good. And we have received an email from Michelle, and she has a a weeping rose and it was a red cascade and it's changed to white. So, Ray, you said you've had this problem on one of your roses? Well, when I had uh,
0: the burgundy iceberg, I know, and I've seen it, I see it down the street where I live, Mm. they've got burgundy icebergs that have turned white and I I had it happen, they can um, revert, back to the rootstock and uh, what I used to do if I saw a white white one pop through I'd remove it straight away, mm. tackle it that way. But yes, I, I believe that's what's happening with so, that. So yeah, trace,
2: the... tracing it back and tearing yeah. it away yeah. rather than cutting it because if you cut it, it can actually continue shooting mm. and, and putting out more growth. So you tear it away And just keep doing if you can. Yeah, Yeah. but I know the red
0: cascade. My parents have that one, mm. and uh, it's an absolute beautiful uh, weeping standard.
2: Yes. So yes, unfortunately, Michelle, get in there where all those white flowers are, trace it back, and that's hard to tear it away
0: though, because you like a whole branch.
2: This may Mm. have been happening for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, but for anyone else out there that happens to get onto it early, early, Mm. yeah,
0: for quite right.
2: Moya has sent in some beautiful flowers from Le National Park. Gorgeous. And these are Isopogans. Now, yeah. they are available in nurseries. There is a, a one called Candy Cones and just like they're like drumsticks, like bursts of beautiful pink flowers, just absolutely gorgeous. And, yeah, a must-have in the garden. Talking of pink, a little bit of pink has been sent in by Wanda. And she has got a beautiful show of camellias that are providing dappled shade to some azaleas. beautiful azaleas underneath. Reds and pinks and splash of white in there, and they they are just very very showy. And azaleas, camellias have just had a wonderful season,
0: don't you think? Well, yeah. we've so showy. We've
2: had cool and yeah, they love <laughs> perfect it. ingredients yeah. for them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Gerald, let's get back to the pest. So we better get back we to We were that talking borer. about the borer. Mm. Now, what what can uh, gardeners do?
8: Well, at the moment, we don't want them to chop out any trees. A suspect, we want them to report them. So, uh, and look, just because we found East Fremantle doesn't mean that's the ground zero. It could be somewhere else, and it could have moved there or been transported. Um, people, even when trees are being chopped down, we've found in the East Fremantle area, and um, people come by. Oh, can I have it for firewood? So we're asking people not to actually move trees, um, you know, sort of cuttings around. And then there's the um, the verge collection. We're asking people if that's anything that's got holes in it not to put out or to to ring the department and ask for advice. It's very early days. There'll be um, information going out on Facebook and and Twitter and that. And also we're putting up a web page as well. So and and lots of links. So if you if you Google Polyphago shot hole bora or as we call it, PSHB. Um, we've got to give everything an acronym. Um, then you will see um, what it's done in, in South Africa, and there's some really good stuff in um, websites in South Africa and a lot of diagnostic um, help there and to, you know, so you can know what to look for. And also the California website's got a couple of videos there, and they're actually doing stuff with school children and that to try and get them to spot it. But it it's got away from them there, unfortunately. So
2: So I guess if people are out in their gardens and they're, they're tidying up or their branches look sick, o- yep. often people will say, you know, my citrus has got dead, dying branches. So yep. get in there, clean them out, um, cut back anything dead and dying, but yep. inspect it for yes. the little tiny holes. That's right. If you see it, take a photo and then report it either through my Pest Guide, Guide Reporter app
8: or through the Pest and Disease Information Service. Yep. And,
2: and so far, we know that it's attacked a
0: maple or a box elder. Yep. What else will it attack?
8: Well, um, things like magnolias. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Any, Basically, any of those like deciduous trees that people love, they're sort of on the list. Um, and of course, our environment, we're not sure uh, if the host list will be the same. It'll mm. probably be, but it does like. Um, any tree that's stressed, and as I saw during oh, yeah. the break, what tree in Western Australia on, on, or in Perth on, is not stressed over summer? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then there's feeding hosts and reproductive hosts. So some of them it just has a feed on, but doesn't actually, um, the fungus doesn't establish, doesn't kill the tree. But the, the, the actual true host, yeah, the tree usually becomes an X tree um, eventually. So within a year or so. So in the first year, you probably won't see a lot, um, it's the second year, so this will be a long, slow haul for us. We'll have to k- do repeat sampling and surveillance and that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you'll see um, as we uh, ramp up and get people trained, there'll be more and more people out doing the surveys and that, um, especially in the East area. And we're having a look in the Netherlands area at the moment. But yeah, like we're saying, we're not getting target fixation. It may be somewhere else in the state and then as Mm. we talk to our colleagues in other states they will be going out and doing um surveys as well to make sure they don't have it as well um so hopefully we've got it you know the very early stages and we can get on top of it Mm. Uh, we're looking investigating um so even if we chop down the tree we've got to dispose of the so yeah, and they might be disturbed when you chop down the tree, so we may have to treat the tree before you chop it down. We may have, to, and then we, and then mm. if we chip it, and then we're investigating. We don't think it's going to the root ball, but we'll probably grind out the stump anyway. And because they're so tiny, conventional chipping may not actually. Oh my
2: goodness! How yeah, small yeah. Are, so are they? Oh, two millimeters. Two millimeters.
8: They're tiny. So we,
0: we couldn't really see that.
2: Very All you well. would really yeah, you see would yeah. be a black a black dot it yeah, would yeah, look yeah. like mm.
8: yeah a black little bullet that's what yeah. it looks like yeah it's got a blunt head yeah um mm. so um yeah you look for the you look for the symptoms the the, okay. the weeping in the tree um holes in the tree and when you get a when they first get in they 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 make these galleries but they're all close together and then um the lady that reported the reason um she was because she would lost the tree last year and this year we've had that storm just a couple of weeks ago, and of course it weakened the limbs, so the, the maple was dropping its limbs, yeah. and so that's when she saw the holes in the, yeah. in the fallen limbs, yeah. and that's when she reported it. So it how was, was really lucky, good. yeah, mm, in now, a way. Well, we're lucky at the moment. Round we about. just don't know. Yet, mm, yeah, yeah. So okay. that's that's one pest, and there's another one up in the north, and yeah, you, know, you go. Oh, here we go, another pest. But when I was doing the reading on the Californian website about the um, our little friend, um, I, uh, there was a quote there that says that California is dealing with one major exotic every six weeks. So you know, because of the way we live, and even mm-hmm. with COVID, there's still immense trade and stuff moving around the world. And look, I've been on some phone hookups, uh, national phone hooks. The, the technology we're starting to deploy to detect incursions um, at the ports and that is really ramping up. Uh, And Australia's right on the front foot about um, trying to, we don't want to be in the California or the American situation or some of these other countries um, that don't have quarantine. And, and, you know, I do a bit of work with East Timor and they've got every pest known to man. It's just really hard to to produce, you know, um, enough food because the pests and diseases are just taking everything out. Okay.
2: So what else have we got All to right. look so, for so in the garden, well, Daryl?
8: Well, yeah, it's not here at the moment. It's it's in the north. It's in um, Broom and Cananaro. It's called the American Serpentine Leaf Miner. Mm. Um, and that one's been, we've been following that one for a while. Um, uh, we're, we're just keeping uh, tabs on that. It's just too hard to control. So this is another leaf miner that gets into a whole range of um, Uh, like salad, vegetable type things, and and leaf mines. Um, And at the moment, across Australia, we're under attack from three exotic leaf miners. So there's two on the east coast, up in Queensland New South Wales, moving down, and we've got one in the north here. So there's just been an explosion of these things um, moving in uh, to Australia in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, so you'll see leaf miners in uh, in thistles and the whole... And there's actually a a leaf miner that got in a a few years ago called um lyrium miser uh i think it's brassicae and that and there's native ones too we've found so where there's there's a, until you look there's a whole range of these native ones but the one that got in a few years ago is a just a minor pest and we found that one a person reported it from bustleton um earlier in the year we went down and investigated that but it's this one that doesn't do a lot of damage but it was in the um, it was in the uh, let's see what, what you call the the gardens the community garden down there. Oh right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just yeah. And what the it's a little uh, it's a larvae of a, a very tiny moth and it bores out the centre tissue in the leaves. So you get all these squiggly patterns. So there are native ones and there's and there's these exotic ones that are heading our way. Now the one we've got up north the problem with that one is it's very hard to kill. So um, yeah. So yeah, we're, they're already looking at. Possible biological control agents, but for the backyard garden, it's going to make it even more difficult to grow things. So, oh, please, that's, stop. that's the problem. Yeah, I know that's oh. that, that's that's the issue. We want we don't want to have so. To this go is out a,
0: there. a shout out to all of our listeners to yeah. be even more diligent. Yeah, anything, and, and this is yeah. why I, you
8: know, one of the main reasons, I mean, apart from. You two wonderful ladies one of the reasons i come here because it's part of my job is to actually yeah. you know, get community support because Absolutely. we've got limited resources within government we can't be in everybody's backyard no. and not everybody doesn't want us you, in, in their in the backyard, backyard. Yeah.
2: so our, our listeners are the eyes and that's ears. that's right yeah mm. and that's why i do garden societies world. and mm. all these sorts of
8: things is to just and that's why we invented the my pest guide app so people can report stuff Um, And we'll get back to them and provide advice and and we'll let them know. Uh, But if it's nothing, uh, and then if it is something, then yeah, we'll mount a response and try and get things early. So,
2: Daryl, what's happening? Oh, it's that time, right? Which time?
0: The break time? Yes. Okay. (laughs) We'll be back in a moment.
4: Curtain
0: Thank you for your company this morning. Special guest in the studio with us, Dr. Daryl Hardy, Senior Entomologist from Deepwood. And we are getting stuck into some really uh, interesting information and um, heavy information, but we need all of our listeners' uh, assistance and that's why Daryl is here. We've got a gorgeous open garden coming up. In a couple of weeks' time, on Saturday and Sunday, October 2nd and on October 3rd, Glenfield Open Garden on behalf of the Cancer Council. It's in Mount Nazira for Glenfield Place, Mount Nazira, and it's a beautiful garden filled with rustic charm, native plants and succulents. Uh, there's going to be a plant sale. There's a bric-a-brac store, local arts, sausage sizzle, and coffee and cakes and scones, of course, and raffles and more. This is garden is being opened by Anne and Kelvin Bain and it's in Mount Nazira and the address is Four Glenfield Place, $5 entry fee only uh, and it all proceeds to the Cancer Council. And the pictures that Kelvin sent me through, uh, the garden is... Uh, Very quirky and very interesting and certainly one to put in your diaries. So that's October the 2nd and October the 3rd coming up Glenfield Open Garden in Mount Nazira. And uh, yeah, put it it in your diaries and uh, put it on our list. To go and see Faye. I...
2: Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Yes, another date for the diaries, right?
0: Okay, and Grace of Belga phoned in and she suggested sending new borer information to groups such as wood turning associations, people who collect old wood to assist with the spread.
8: Yeah, now that's a great suggestion. Uh, we're already on to arborists and, and, and tree surgeons, but um, having Getting interested in wood turning myself, yeah, certainly I've been looking at some videos online and, yes, that's a great suggestion and I've, I've, I've taken that down, thanks, Grace, and, um, yeah, we'll have a look at that.
0: Okay. Let's head to Mundaring. Margaret, good morning. Good morning, girls.
5: and good morning. Dr. Dr. And boy, Daryl. yes.
8: Yeah, boy. I like that boy. Boy, boy bit. <laughs> Not old boy either,
5: yeah. Uh, Daryl, um, please tell us the best way to pack an item that we want to send to you for examination. And I was thinking particularly of things like leaves and plants because they deteriorate in the mail, especially for those of us who do not have the capability of taking photographs or putting things on. Paper.
0: Yeah, using using apps and things, Margaret, yep, is what yep. you
8: mean. Yep. So, so that's why we still operate.
5: need to know how to pack stuff
8: for yep. the post. Okay, well, that's quite a complex question. It depends on what you're sending, and we've been right. Well, thinking of s- the the greenery. Yeah, the greenery. So most of the stuff uh, has been sent to Padders. It usually comes in um, plastic bags, and yeah, and with mail, it's really slow at the moment. So you're right; it does deteriorate. Now, I suggest that. Um, if you could ring Pattis, um first up and they'll sort of go through the symptoms with you depending what it is. If it's something that we see as a high priority, we will actually, um, and you haven't got the ability to take photos or that and it's within the metro area, we've got people out and about, they may arrange for somebody to come and pick it up if it's a high priority. So right. we get a fresh sample. Um, cool. But if it's not a high priority, um, then you yeah, talk to the PADIS people depending on what you want to send in. They'll advise you the best way to pack it up because um, it'll it'll depend on what they de- think the symptoms are and how to preserve the symptoms. So uh, the Pattis ladies are very nice um, um, and they're full of great information. So um, it's uh, nine three six eight three zero eight zero eight zero. So that's the number.
5: Three zero eight zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah yep.
8: 3080. Three, yeah, three yeah I think that's right just 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 Google pad I think John's going to come in so just stay listening because um, it used to be a 1800 number and It's changed and I've got so many phone numbers mm-hmm. in my head yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah but uh, it's pest and disease information service okay uh,
5: yes I'm just wondering um, whether or not you would have a chance to just repeat a little bit of the detail that you were telling us just before nine o'clock news because my two dogs started to bark and i didn't hear a thing
8: so that was about the, the borer we
5: we got to the ballpoint size of the ballpoint oh ah, yes, yes 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 so so
8: yeah for for the, the just, shot hole borer so yeah. it'll be look like somebody shot your tree with a shotgun yeah. um and the size of the holes is about the size of a ballpoint pen the little ball bearing because the beetles are only two millimeters in length um, and they'll be tightly tucked together in most cases uh, with a new infestation. There'll also be ooze potentially coming out of the trees. And a lot of deciduous trees like um, the one we found is, is a maple, but things like liquid amber and um, and uh, plane trees and avocados are certainly on the host list. And even citrus um, is on the host list. Um, there's a whole range. Of, and one thing that's very interesting is ricin, which is the castor bean plant. They love them as well. So, um, yeah, so, um, and there'll be some information, um, if you get the newspapers and that, there'll be some information going in there as well as as stories come along. And, yeah, I have a couple of contacts that write for the West Australian, so we'll probably get a nice half-page spread there. I think it's on a Thursday or Friday she puts it in, so... Um, the person I'm talking about is on leave and works for another channel, so I'd better not say a name here. No, it, but yeah. it's
5: just the branches that it attacks, not the trunk? Yeah, well, no, it'll attack the trunk,
8: but you usually find, yeah, we're not sure Um, it'll, it can be the trunk or the branches. Yeah. Oh, both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. can be both, but we're okay. not sure what it's targeting. So it's very, it's very uh-huh. new here, and we haven't got the, you know, all the information on it yet.
2: Yep. So if people oh. do want more information, that number again yep. is 9368... Three zero eight zero.
5: Yep. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Thanks, Margaret. Margaret. mate. hey, yes. Please just say, um, tell me, end of October. I'm got a friend coming in to lot my avocado. Is that the good time to do it?
2: That would be okay. Yes. yes. Good. Yes. All right. Thank you so Thanks,
0: much. Margaret. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And we're heading to <laughs> we're heading to Serpentine. Uh, Laurie. Good morning. Good morning. Good
2: hi. hi Laurie. how can we help you
1: um just a, it's an old age-old uh problem uh snails and slugs we've tried um the, the beer traps and whatever and uh covered them up and that what is the most environmentally friendly option please
2: there is a pellet available and it's iron-based, mm-hmm. yeah. so that will break down without causing harm to the environment or or native animals. Yeah.
8: So the main the main problem is that a lot of owls are picking up the uh, the rat and mice. Carcasses and mm. they're getting secondary poisoning. So, and you live in an area where I imagine there'd be boo books or something else. So, but
2: snails and slugs. Oh,
8: snails and slugs. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, um, one thing I've I've had a lot of snail and slug problems this year, and I've been using the copper based sprays and just going out and spraying, but they only last as long as it's not raining. So,
2: yeah. But, so, yeah, I, I'd go the iron based pellets. Yeah. Could
8: uh, you
7: give me a name of them Could you?
0: Uh, Are you talking about the one multi-guard or something? Multi-guard, yes. Mm. There is a new one on the market too. Okay, the name we'll get John me. to look that yeah, up. John, right. we're yeah.
2: looking for uh, safe snail and slug pellets. pellets
8: yes.
3: Mm.
2: So we'll come back to that, Laurie, if we can, if we get the information from John.
8: Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks. thanks. Laurie. Cheers for that. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. yeah, the snails and slugs are out in full patrol at the moment. They've been diabolical mm-hmm. this year. I'm, yeah.
8: I've, yeah, that's why I've been going out spraying because um, my camidoria is sending out fly, flower spikes mm-hmm. and I go out there at 10 o'clock at night. And it's covered. Camidoria is
2: the bamboo palm. Yes. Now, I just wanted to quickly say, you said that this borer also gets into Kentias. Yeah, yeah, that's what saying. So for yeah. palm yeah.
8: people. Yeah, so I was a bit shocked about that. I'm thinking, oh, it's just those um, Northern European you know, mm. you know, deciduous um, um, trees, but no, it gets into a lot of different things. Well, it does come out of um, East Asia, sort of Vietnam, Cambodia, yep. China. That's where so, it originates. Yeah. All okay. right, so
2: moving on to our next pest of the day, mm-hmm. or
8: back to- Chili three Chili thrips. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, everybody's perennial favorite. Yes, I've already fielded a few phone calls this year. Haven't, right, yes. where
2: yep. are we up to with that, Daryl?
8: Um, so, uh, good question. So the the viticultural people at the department are actually uh, they're looking at it uh, very closely because it it's been implicated with um, a lot of damage last year in the Swan Valley on grapes. So they're looking at it um, as far as the horticultural side of things and gardeners. Uh, we've got the website up, so if you type in D. and chilli thrips in the Google or you know, most people use Google, um, that will bring it up um, very easily. Uh, and we've listed all the non chemicals that can be used against it there. There's actually a, f- a fact sheet as a PDF that you can click on and get. Um, we're still not sure what's going to work, but the the, the the important thing is it's about the timing. You've got to actually treat before it becomes. Uh,
2: so you can't uh, the, wait until you see once the you or the damage? So you've Okay, so yeah. That, I yeah, you've you got had to do to it before wait until you get you any damage, it.
8: and this is similar to other pests like bunch mite and things oh. like that. People say, like in gerberas, all all my petals fall out. There's no use spraying once you see the petals falling. out. We
0: need preventative treatment. You
8: need preventative, so you've got to go in early, oh. uh, before you get as the buds are forming or as the fruits are forming, depending on what, what the it is, target yeah. site is. Um, you need to go in as that's yeah, because they get in really early and then they disappear. Yeah, so they, they really like the soft, delicate material because they're very tiny and they, just to, they rasp. So things like systemics aren't that good against them, you know, the confidors and things like that. Well, that's what we're thinking. And things like um, spinosad, which is uh, contact, and it's things that eat, they don't actually eat, they actually rasp and just suck up the um, the, the fluid. So they don't get a full belt on the systemic either. So we're thinking uh, a one sort of like... A, Synthetic pyrethins, or things, or oils that actually coat and 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 smother them before they actually cause a problem. So, so like if an, you
2: can get to them,
8: that's right. Well, that's where wetters may come in as a, as a thing. So you get the sticks uh, yeah, and you've got to actually really drench the, the buds so that it gets inside the um, with the like folds a, an and oil,
0: an eco, a pest oil. Yeah,
8: pest oil. But then you've got to be careful because we had that 30 something degree day the other day, and then we've got a lot of people reporting that. They sprayed pest oil as preventative, and now they've got they've got damage anyway. But it's damage from the oil; they actually got burn because or scalded because oh, the, de- the material is very delicate. that uh, They're spraying, so it's still unfolding. Um, and yeah, a lot of nurserymen are very worried. Um, understandably. but the nursery, old Matthew, and the nursery and garden industry—they're very proactive. Mm. Um, they're looking at uh, getting um, biological control agents. Oh, for the iron so
2: pleased to hear that yeah. because, you know, the, the chemicals that are being thrown around and mm. the fear that rose growers are going yes. through just makes them, you know, reach for things that yeah. maybe are not good for our environment. No, exactly. And, and if they're going beyond roses, if mm. they're getting into the grapevines, unless you nuked every inch of your garden, yeah. would you even have a chance?
8: Yeah, well, that's right. And so, look, my my feeling on it is, it's well it's interesting because it was first detected in western australia in kananara back in 2001 and then we heard nothing from it so either it's a new biotype that's developed or 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 arrived or it's one of these sleeper pests and the environment's changed and just triggered yeah. it mm. now usually when something pops up like this and we've had these pests before where they've actually you know and, and everybody say oh, i'm going to give up growing such and such because this pest is just murdering all the plants and then five six years later you never hear of the pest mm. because once you get into an environment when you first arrive you're invisible mm. and, and then things actually work out that you're actually
5: Sure.
2: everywhere
8: you're, you're a protein source and you're you're not you taste okay mm. so this this is what's happening with the valanga the giant grasshopper mm. yeah. so i've noticed that magpies are, are coming into my in my forested area and they're looking for uh, valanga Good. Uh, and so are the wattlebirds they find them very tight they're like crayfish to them they're a delicacy <laughs> so they've worked out and the valanga yum, yum. Are, are scared yeah. they're actually hiding behind the stems when i approach one now it starts behind. It knows it's, be, it's a prey. It's not it's not top dog anymore. It's actually a prey species.
0: So what, what's your opinion of treating or pre, pre-treating pre uh, with the chili thrift with um, week on week off, I don't know, neem one week and pest oil,
2: white oil, eco-white oil the next?
8: Yeah, and then there's the um, potassium salts, the fatty acids, to, uh, the K salts. They work really well so as well. So what
2: would they be labeled as if people insecticidal were-
8: insecticidal soaps.
2: Okay. Like, yeah, okay.
8: Yeah, okay. The only problem with them, and I'll bring this out. If you're doing it on brick paving, it will actually leave a temporary silvering of the brick paving. Okay. okay. So, yeah, so that's the only thing. But they're great and you can, yeah. The thing with neem oil, neem's fine, but it's only registered for non-edible foods. Yes, that's okay. right. You that's can't, that's it, correct. It's, yeah, so if you you can't spray something you're going to eat. No. So even people that, you know, some people put rose petals and you know, oh, decorate okay. on salads and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you can't Here. use neem if you're doing that.
2: Okay. And you won't be making the rose hip jelly.
8: No, that's right. And (laughs) the other thing is uh, with oils, oils actually clog up the plant if you use them week on, week out. So, uh, I mean, with some of my palms, if I've used oils in the path, I will go out at night. I'll spray it in the evening after the sun's gone down and, and I'll use half strength.
0: Okay, that's that's good to know. Yeah. And, and
8: then, so you were saying the garden industry
0: is looking at um, tackling
8: this issue biologically. What would that yeah. entail? Oh, well, the, I think they'll throw money at it. And there's a couple of um, groups over in Western Australia that look at biological um, um, species. Uh, and they'll work out ways. If they find one that's a good candidate, they'll rear it up and then they'll sell it just like the... the um, the, so, the like ladybirds might,
2: like and lacewing yes. larvae,
8: so do, yeah, and because okay. they'll have great um, amenity in nurseries because you've mm. got a monoculture, so you mm. can actually monitor your your spraying. That in I've talked to some of the nursery and they're going in a retail setting. It's probably not going to be as easy um, because you've got things a lot of different plants and the different things happening and that, and 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 with watering and with whatever other treatments they're doing. It's hard to sort of, because you know, if you're going to move towards biological control, then conventional insecticides are really, you've got to be very careful on them. So you can't mm. just spray bits and pieces in your orchard and hope the biological control agents are, are going to survive. So And then, yeah, of course, right. you've, got to, mm. you've got to work out how to time it, when to release them. Mm. And once again, you'll have to be releasing them before the chilli thrips mm. arrive or build it's up in numbers. It's interesting,
2: because yesterday I, I picked some freesias and I found a lacewing larva on it mm-hmm. and it didn't have any junk on its back. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's probably not been out long that's and right. it hasn't found any predators in that's that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, any, uh, any prey. Any prey.
8: Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Um, In nature, the predators and the parasites can't get going until you get a build up of um food. Of food. <laughs> and so you've got to have an explosion of the pest or the aphid or whatever it is and then, then the biological control agent plays catch-up. So yep. what man does comes along and he releases them in numbers to sort of bring the catch-up period a lot closer and take the edge off of the um, the, the exploding population. Mm. So it's all about the timing. So And then each year it'll, it'll change slightly depending on the weather conditions that prevail that year. So yeah, but the mm-hmm. nurserymen, they've got the time and they've got the, the, the they you know the where for all to actually invest in that uh, and a lot of them are doing it and a lot of our vegetables and that are now grown strawberries have been the great uh, success story I mean strawberries you could smell the chemical on them 20 years ago as you walk past them in the supermarket nowadays they only use um, the real progressive growers they only use a Fungicides, that's the only thing they don't use any insecticides at all.
0: Chili Thrip like strawberries, don't they? Yeah, they get they mm. like a
8: different lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, and, and I'm
0: disappointed to hear that they're already out because I thought Thrip didn't like water, rain, yeah, and and, and cooler and and temperature. Cold. and
8: yeah. cold mm. and, well, they're, and they're there. Yeah, well, you're saying they're out. I haven't actually seen heard seen examples of them actually being out. It may so be you have
2: no evidence that they are active. No, currently
8: but i'm not actually actively looking for them. they may be out mm. but most of the damage came after christmas this yep. year yeah so when you're saying oh, that definitely. yeah so mm. it might be um a hangover from winter uh it might be actually the damage is there but it may not yeah. be attributed to i the strips. i would want to see proof that's right, or so.
2: evidence of the bug yeah yeah photos yeah. or live specimens yeah. so people might to be just yeah verify so, that. Uh, yeah
8: so mm. but I yeah you know, I, I might be wrong they may already be out i just don't know Okay. We need okay. to know. Yeah. All right. Now, we're going to chat with Bev. We do have to go to a
0: break. Bev, stay with us and we'll be chatting to you about spraying your fruit trees.
5: Curtain Radio.
0: George Minaldi will be taking over the reins from 10 a.m. with the Classic 60s. We're heading straight to Collie. We are chatting with Bev. Good morning.
6: Hello. Good morning. How are you all? Great. Good, thanks, thanks for waiting, yes, thanks. Bev. Yeah. No, that's a pleasure. Look, I just want to know, we've been in this house about five years now and there's an apricot tree, an nectarine tree, grapes and a lemon cross orange tree. When is the best time to spray the the, the trees for fruit fly?
8: Okay. Um, Collie, interesting story there about Collie. Uh, in the 70s, I visited a friend who was working in the Commonwealth Bank down there and the, the, in the backyard, there's this big pear tree. And he said, help yourself to all these pears. And they're quite green still. So we took them home uh, back up to Perth. And we for from the ripen and then they just all started, maggots started jumping all out of them. So, yes, Collie does have fruit fly. Um, now, the thing is, when you say spray, um, uh, we used to have a lot of chemicals that were available to backyarders that were used as cover sprays and they were quite effective. Um, but they've been banned now and no longer sold. So you've got baiting, but apricot. And if you've got if you're getting fruit fly, I would be thinking um, you need good hygiene baiting. But I also would go for exclusion. I get some um, netting for an apricot and actually net it um, when the fruit's a um, little bit under half size. Um, and they're a
6: bit large though to put nets
8: over. Uh, okay. Well, the other thing is that you. Um, uh, You You need need to reduce the size size, to fit under a net. And that's what growers do. They Mm. make it so they're not climbing up ladders all the time. They actually actually, um, bring the height of the canopy down and that. um, uh, Or you could individually um, sacrifice some of the plant by just not netting it and just net part of it that's within easy reach because if it's a good apricot, it will yield really well. Uh, Citrus. The trunks are probably
6: as tall as I am. Yep. so of course,
8: all the, the greenery is on the top. <clears throat> yeah, I know. So yeah, you could sacrifice one year's crop and then yeah, mm-hmm. prune it, you'll it'll still fruit the following but, year. But
2: ongoing, Bev, this is something we've talked about quite regularly, managing your trees to a size where you can pick the fruit and and net them. Yeah. Because you know, how difficult is it to to pick the fruit of a tree that you can't reach? You need a ladder Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And yep. if so and much of dangerous. it is lost yep. to fruit fry, you know, take it back a step. Next, well, oh, so over it's, summer, it's, give it a good summer prune and bring the size of the tree down.
6: All right. Okay. So there's nothing we've put on for fruit flies or anything anymore.
8: Uh, well, Just- yeah, well, there there is, but uh, I mean, if, in, if you're in a commercial sense, you could get the chemicals. The chemicals that they use now are quite expensive. Um, But baiting, and and it depends on your situation. If you've got neighbors that don't control fruit fly, even their med fly is a lazy fly, but it doesn't mind flying 50 meters. And if you've got citrus, it'll sit in the citrus and then fly to the apricots when there's apricots on it. Now
6: you said baiting, what
8: is that? Well, baiting is um, a way of dropping the population down. So if you've got citrus and things like that, um, so if you've got Eureka lemons, you're not gonna have a problem. But if you've got mandarins and oranges, you will get uh, damage. And if you bait, you will lessen the damage. You'll be able to get a lot of your fruit off. So baiting is just um, a splash of uh, an insecticide um, that's like melathide or triclophorm, which is still available. And you mix it with um, uh, a either a, a protein or a sugar base. So you can actually use sugar. You can use Vegemite. You can mix the two. You can use orange oh. juice. You mix it up and you buy um, a small. Eating
6: them instead of getting rid
8: of them. Sorry, what was that?
6: I so say it sounds like you're feeding them with
8: with them. Um, yeah, well you feed them, but the poison works really quickly. So <laughs> you suck them in. Yeah, you suck them in. So you're, it's, you're baiting them. Yeah. So yeah. and you've got to. You don't spray that on. You splash it on. So you can either use a paintbrush, you know, and just dip it in oh. a bucket, or just use a watering okay. can and flick it over. So you don't oh. spray it on. You splash it on. So you don't need a lot of um, specialized equipment no. or anything. The other thing oh. is you can use uh, cool drink bottles and poke some holes in them and, and fill it up with the same liquid. Uh, right. And hang them in the tree, and if you 've got citrus you 'll reduce the numbers, but it 's very it 's almost impossible to reduce the numbers like this for things like uh, apricots, nectarines, and peaches they really need yeah. to be um, netted netted yeah it 's the only way you get it right. and you can buy individual nets um, for for um, for individual fruits and if you 've got mangoes, people because the mangoes get really big in Perth because they take so long to develop, and they don 't get picked till about um, April or May. And people put individual bags on their mangoes.
0: Yeah.
6: Oh yeah. wow.
8: Okay.
6: All right. Well, we've got, we've got one citrus tree now. It's a bit of a weird tree. It looks like a lemon tree. Its thorns are, must belong to the devil. But when it gets its fruit, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the skin is actually orange like an orange.
8: Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a whole pile of difference. When you say thorns, I think you may actually have the uh, rootstocks taken off and overtaken the yeah. the, 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 the actual graft. Mm-hmm. Um, although some some citrus still do uh, especially the lemons do maintain? But there's their thorns. There's a whole pile of um, lesser-known citrus. I mean, citrus is such a broad term; it covers thousands of different varieties and types of mm. of, of fruit. So, yeah,
2: but Bev, it may have uh, the rootstock may have taken over the tree. So if you can trace down the thorny branches, you may see where it's gotten away and. The, the original fruit tree may still be there, but its growth mm. won't be as vigorous. That's so just right. have so a look they, for that.
6: Why would they have orange skin if it's a lemon tree? And, and the fruit inside, well, they start dropping
2: off, but and when I cut them open, the fruit inside is very tight. So it, it could be citron rootstock. So a lot of our citrus are grafted. So you've, right. you've bought a lemon, but... The, the lemon fruiting part that we want is grafted onto a different rootstock, okay? Oh, right. So if that rootstock then becomes vigorous and gets away from below the graft, you can you can have a very big tree but two different trees there.
6: All
8: oh, right. okay.
2: Okay, so go and have a look for that and see what you can see. Yeah,
8: and, and even right. lemons, if you've got a Meyer lemon and leave the fruit on, they turn bright orange in time.
2: Yeah,
6: well, these things—they actually look like oranges.
8: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I'd say okay, that's the rootstock that's taken over.
6: Okay, one last question: We've also got grapes, but now the ants get to the grapes before the twenty-eights get to the grapes. So, is there anything we can spray on them, or not really?
2: Bev, what we'll do—we need to go to a break, so we'll get Daryl to answer that as soon as we come back. Yep. Lovely, thank okay. you. Okay,
0: okay. Well, well, we'll we'll hang Be- up on Bev and we'll answer okay. that. Okay, thank you for that. All Thanks. right. Thank you for your company. Fiona of Florent has a very large frangipani uh, and she wants to know when is a good time to prune.
2: I would probably wait until it gets a little bit warmer. Uh, we, we've still got a bit of rain coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, frangipanis are sort of... They're, they're on the cusp, I reckon, of thinking about putting out new shoots but I would wait a little bit longer because what you want is when you do cut it you want it to heal and you want it to be actively growing if you do it now there might be a bit too much moisture around and it's still a bit early so another another month would be fairly safe i reckon
0: okay and today's gardening show is sponsored by desatco mulch make your garden grow with desatco available available i should say at all leading garden centers and desatco.com
2: Carry on. Now, Daryl. Uh, our last caller was asking about the ants, ants on grapes. What can okay. you recommend for that?
8: OK. So what I think is happening there is that um, the ants are tending scale, or most likely mealybug, on the grapes. So if the mealybugs uh, and scale are removed, the ants won't be so much of a problem. Mm. Okay. So they, they just tend them like we tend dairy cattle
2: so what what would you use to discourage ants uh around edible plants
8: okay, so um well, remove the food food source so and then usually sucking insects because they go after the um the honeydew, and then of course the honeydew causes sooty mold and yeah then then that gets on your grapes and things like that so yep, so the oils and your and your insecticidal soaps anything that's uh, that's good for sucking insects yep um that's fine. Now, the other thing is that ants um, also, you can actually um, put a, a lot of people put Vaseline on a band around the base Mm -hmm. of the plant so they get stuck in it. You can buy non-drying glues. You can use chemical sprays on the butt. So when they get there, and then depending on the ant species, and once again, um, it depends on the ant species. So that's why pests and disease information services are so useful because you can send your ants in and we'll ID them for you. And tell you the appropriate control measure whether it be organic or chemically based uh, to remove the ants.
2: Fantastic now going back to the snail and slug killer we we talked about iron based pellets being available and Ray the one that you were talking about was uh, called EcoShield Mm -hmm. and EcoSnail which is a snail and slug repellent looks like one is a powder and one is a spray. So there there are a couple of environmentally friendly... New
0: products on the market. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, we were talking earlier about ginger and garlic. Uh, Paula emailed in and she forgot to ask us how we sh- she should feed them in their pots, please.
2: When growing plants in pots, I would always use a good quality potting mix, um, premium potting mix, I would also add extra slow-release fertiliser into the pot, something that will last about six months because if you did nothing else, it's got something. But then I would also use liquid feeds uh, whenever you feel like it. If you've Mm. got plenty of time and you're out in the garden, any liquid feed will help and you can use uh, seaweed products, fish emulsion, uh, plants for, well... Fertilisers for flowering plants, and there's a plethora. Whatever yep. you've got in your garden shed,
8: and low nitrogen, because you'll get lots of top growth, mm. and when you go to pull it up later in the season, you've got very little ginger growth.
2: Lots of nitrogen. No, low, no, low. Low nitrogen. nitrogen. Low nitrogen. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you yeah, you really you encourage
8: the top growth, but you don't get the um, the bottom growth. I've found. I've, I I put some ginger in a couple of years ago, and you know, really fed it. But, yeah, I, I got lots of greenery.
2: Well, and that happens for a lot of people with orchids or, mm. or other plants. You know, if they're near a lawn and they're getting lawn fertiliser, they're probably going to have more leaf growth and mm. not flowers. That's so right. And,
8: and of the ginger you're growing for the actual corm or the, the, mm. the, the rhizome, you're not, you, the leaf material is not what you're after.
2: Low nitrogen. Good point.
8: Right. Oh, um, we got a quick
0: email from uh, our beloved Jill Herd and one of the comments she's making, uh, and this is a whole other topic, is that it proves, you know, in her opinion that uh, we shouldn't be growing exotics so much uh, in Australia and grow what is naturally, you know, designed to be here. And she feels that that is part of the problem with the, she's calling it the rifle shop beetle. Mm-hmm. Oh, the right <laughs> <laughs> from Jill, the so that's borer. Yeah. 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 So yeah. We're providing them, I suppose we're providing
8: them the, the food sources. True, but in South yeah. Africa they're into eucalypts and hakeas. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and so
2: therein lies the problem, doesn't it? Exotic yeah. pests that are undermining our our natural ecosystems That's
8: right. Yeah, and this one ticks all the boxes. I mean, it's mm. amenities, it's production, and it's ecosystem. Good grief! Yeah. All right, anything else we need to wrap up with?
2: Well, today. just just a couple of emails that we, we're not going to get to today. Uh, Kay about a Dracaena and um, another one here. I can't find the text to it. So we'll cover those next week.
0: All right. Well, thanking Bev and John for their support behind the gardening program. We always appreciate that. Faya thank you. Daryl, thank you so much, as always, for sharing incredible information, detailed information. If people want to re-listen to any of that, and I do recommend it because there was a lot to take in today, you can go to the Gardening Show podcast uh, on our website, curtainfm.com.au, on the home page, click on Programs, and the drop-down bar will take you to Let's Talk Gardening and have another listen uh, because there's some great information uh, from Daryl today. All right. My gardenism for the morning is, when the world wearies and society fails to satisfy, there is always the garden. George Minoldi is up next with the classic 60s look after you, everybody. We shall be back next week. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.